Have you ever wondered how did the first people know which plants were safe to eat, which plants were medicine, and which plants would kill them? Hey, my name is Cheryl Witten, and this is the Aromatherapist Podcast. My newest book, Essential Oil Dilution Guide, is the antidote to confusing aromatherapy instructions and bad recipes. This is the book you need to undo everything you've learned on the internet. In this book, Essential Oil Dilution Guide, I explore how to use essential oils safely. You can learn with me about essential oils and allergic reactions, irritations and sensitizations, phototoxicity, methods of application, types of carrier oils, how to dilute by age and health condition, the right way to ingest essential oils, contraindications for pregnancy, epilepsy, children, and more, and the aromatherapy secret everyone wants to know, the blending formula you need to finally properly calculate your own DIY recipe or blend. Essential Oil Dilution Guide is available now on Amazon. Have you ever wondered how did the first people know which plants were safe to eat, which plants were medicine, and which plants would kill them? You know, there there was no there's no science labs to test plants for chemicals, poisonous chemicals, and you could only really rely on trial and error for so long. I mean, the tribe or the village would eventually lose people and you could only rely on that for so long. It's pretty unsafe. So how did we know that this plant could be used for this health problem? How did we know that plants had essential oils in them? How did we learn this stuff? Well, one of the theories that existed in traditional cultures, indigenous cultures, since very, very early times is called the doctrine of signatures. Indigenous peoples came to believe that nature is our teacher, plants are our guides, and that plants show us how they are good for the body. And according to this theory, plants look like the body parts they can heal. And this is called their signature. So for example, plants that have thorns could help with pain, like a thistle. Or walnuts are shaped like the brain, so therefore they would be brain food. Or red plants or plants with red extracts, like bloodroot, could help the blood. So this is known as the doctrine of signatures. And it spread pretty quickly from culture to culture. Indigenous cultures around the world in- incorporated this theory. And then we start to see it in some of our textbooks. It starts to show up. And this becomes a prominent way that people learn how to use herbs as treatments. Pliny the Elder was a Roman naturalist born in the year 23 Common Era, and he wrote about the doctrine in his book, Natural History. Dioscorides, some say some of his work, also talked about the doctrine of signatures, and he was a Greek doctor and pharmacologist who lived from 45 CE to 90 CE, and he wrote a major herbal medicine text called De Materia Medica, which is sort of a template for how Herbalists have written about herbal medicines for years, and it sort of outlines each plant, talks about how to harvest it, how to grow it, how to harvest it, which parts to use, the the medicinal actions, the energetics of the plant, and so on. Some people feel that he actually wasn't was not a proponent of the theory, but so there's a bit of discrepancy there. 
And those two are really the first really early people that write about it. And then there's a bit of a gap in our history. And we jump all the way over to the 1500s when Paracelsus wrote at length about the doctrine. And this guy was the town doctor in Basel and the city's university lecturer. He's sometimes called today the father of chemistry or the father of toxicology. And he was a major proponent of the doctrine of signatures theory. And he birthed the principle that like cures like. So the plant looks like this body part, therefore treats this body part. So this principle, some of you might recognize as also the theory of homeopathy, which was created by Samuel Hahnemann. But surprisingly, Hahnemann was actually very against the doctrine of signatures and he was quite vocal about it. Other physicians during this era, like Nicholas Menardes, Jean-Baptiste Delaporta, uh, Oswald Kroll, Jacob Bome, they all subscribed to this theory too. And in the 1600s, Nicholas Culpepper, who was a very famous um, herbalist and uh, botanist, and William Cole, they were also strong advocates. And Culpepper actually writes in his in his um, books that his colleagues laughed about the doctrine of signatures. But he kind of wonders and has some musings about, well, how would we have known, first known how these plants work and the benefits if it wasn't for their signatures? And so you have to kind of remember, like during all this, during all our history here, the main physicians of the time were doing some really barbaric practices you know these guys were using like mercury to treat syphilis and people were dying and like permanently disfigured and dying by the masses from mercury poisoning and it was just absolutely horrible things were happening we're doing bloodletting we're doing purging and vomiting and just giving people these horrendous treatments that weren't helpful and the layperson the herbalists of the country were, were using herbs and the people were, there was a, a big fight between doctors and herbalists about the medicines that could be used. And they obviously had very different views. And then we can look into the more recent history. And, you know, some people say that this theory starts to dwindle in the 1700s, but others are more adamant that it persisted into the early 1900s. And even in these times, more recent history, there was a fight between herbalists and doctors. They were able to do a lot um, to help people just with herbs. And they, you know, these were drastically different treatments compared to what the doctors were doing. And there was a real push against that. They didn't like that. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's a real thing that happened in history. And since then, you know, the, the amalgamation of medicine, medical associations and whatnot has pushed out a lot of um, traditional knowing and traditional healing and herbs, for example. It's still a thing today. Anyway, that perspective has persisted. And so today, modern scientists quite vehemently discredit this theory now, the, the doctrine of signatures theory. They call it absurd, outrageous, pre-scientific, unfounded, primitive, unreliable, among other things. What's interesting is a late Harvard scientist also said we shouldn't be so quick to dismiss the doctrine of signatures as ridiculous mumbo jumbo. He says, and to paraphrase here, who can blame our ancestors for not understanding what we now understand? And he says, we might as well just dismiss ourselves today because our grandchildren are going to have a different understanding than we do. So basically everything we know today is going to seem ridiculous in 100 years. 
I mean, we can see that already in 20 years of research. Some of the things that we thought we knew have been completely undone. So there's a few things then to say about this doctrine of signatures. One is that in terms of like using herbs in modern day medicine to help with symptom management, doctrine of signatures is not something that we can use. For the lay person also, this is very dangerous. You could see a mushroom, for example, that you think looks like some other body part, and then you eat that, and then you end up poisoning yourself. I mean, it would be dangerous to assume that you could use this philosophy, right? If you have no idea what you're doing, that's a really terrible idea. On the other hand, this theory belongs to indigenous cultures. It is a hallmark of traditional healing systems like traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, African herbalism, indigenous American herbalism, many, many other cultures. Indigenous cultures have long since believed that plants are our teachers, they are our guides. And it is extremely offensive to label traditional culture and ways of knowing as primitive and to just simply disregard what traditional healers know. But then what does that mean for Western herbalists of 2022? Like this theory is ubiquitous in our global medical history. But is it something we can apply today? Many herbalists do consider signatures because a lot of the time the herbs are effective in exactly the way their signatures suggest. And many herbalists also believe or feel that plants and herbs do have wonders to teach us. And I think the resurgence of psilocybin in licensed psychotherapy and the testing and experiments we're seeing right now is a testament to that. However, many also understand that the doctrine of signatures is very simplistic. Herbs have more than one action. They do more than one thing. They're not just specific to one body part or organ or system. And the theory does not include all that we know about plants. Just as you are each more than the sum of your parts, so are plants. And our knowledge has expanded. We can't just use the doctrine of signatures when we know much more now than we ever have. At the same time, we also have to safeguard the traditional knowledge. And we can't allow that to be lost. I do have to say that for me, in my training as a, as a Western herbalist, doctrine of signatures is not a key theory that we focus on. I have training in traditional Chinese medicine, in Ayurveda, and, and traditional knowledge is a very key part of, of herbalism. It's how we consider how the plants were traditionally used allows us to understand what the plants do. Because cultures before us have used things for a, a way, you know, for a long time. And just because the science study, you know, doesn't know yet that that is the way that it is, doesn't mean it's not true. On the other hand, we also focus, our training is very highly focused as well in scientific understanding. And in today, we rely very heavily also on research and Western medical um, perspectives and understanding of the body and understanding of the way that plants work and plants interact with the body and clinical practices. But within the traditional knowledge, the doctrine of signatures is quite a minor piece of what we learn. It's what's more important is how the plant was actually used and traditional healing systems 
like understanding energetics and the actual methods within these systems. And this, the signatures is just very little piece of that. And really, I think these days, a lot of people, we see this in aromatherapy as well. You see people who do consider the doctrine of signatures for the essential oil, but oftentimes, and I mean, other herbalists can correct me here, but oftentimes it's a memory tool. You're expected to know a lot of different plants. You're expected to know the safety profiles of plants and essential oils. I mean, we we look up things, right? We look up information, but you are expected to have a very large working knowledge of plants. If you're going to be recommending plants to people, you need to know how those plants work and how they're going to benefit somebody and whether it's safe to use or not. And so the doctrine of signatures can be a memory tool. It's a way to quickly understand or remember how is this plant normally used? And then we go back and look at, okay, let's dig into the information here. It's not necessarily as the, the traditional systems are underpine Western herbalism. It's like one piece of the information of traditional knowledge, one lens to look through that sort of enriches the overall understanding of, of the plant. It's not the key pillar that we're going to focus on. So what does that mean? It means that for me in my herbalism, I don't rely on the doctrine of signatures as a, as a way of understanding plants. But traditional knowledge and in traditional ways of knowing is one of the many lenses through which I understand nature and I understand herbs and plants. And so I think it's important that we, first of all, respect traditional ways of knowing. And even if you are the most logical, science-based, evidence-based person, you can still respect how indigenous cultures look at plants. You can still respect that. And you can respect these were, plants were part of original medicine. Many of our important, most important medicines actually come from plants and indigenous people use those plants in the way that you now use the medicine. Our ancestors have lots to teach us about what we know and those act, act as the foundations of our knowledge. So things that we, even in our, our understanding in science, some of the biggest discoveries are the foundation of what we know now. And so we've advanced that knowledge even farther. And so that's kind of how I look at it. It's sort of an early stage of what we know now. And so some things are going to be wrong. And, you know, you can't, you, just because a plant looks a certain way doesn't mean that that is how you should um, use the plant. But... Plants can teach us and our ancestors have things to teach us. And that's, I think, what we can learn from the Doctrine of Signatures. Okay, beautiful people, thank you so much for listening. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be forever indebted. For more information on aromatherapy or herbs, please visit thearomatherapist.ca. If you'd like to connect online, you can find me on Instagram at Cheryl the Herbalist. And you can find the show on Instagram at the.aromatherapist. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Cheryl, and I am The Aromatherapist. This podcast is for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. This podcast and the guests thereof do not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, information, herbs, supplements, or any other product 
that may be mentioned. Reliance on any information provided is solely at your own risk. We recommend you speak to your healthcare provider, your pharmacist, and a trained herbalist or aromatherapist before commencing any programs.